Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. For generations, the Lord has looked for men and women to stand in between the living and the dead and to intercede and to pray. He approaches prophets at times and asks them to lend him their mouth that he could speak through. He always looks for intercessors at the time of great outpouring. There was a prophetic word released at the Azusa revival that in 100 years, God was going to visit America again and the nations of the earth. And it was associated as a final outpouring before the return of Jesus. We're roughly between 15 to 20 years behind. And I believe it's because God has been looking for intercessors who will position themselves and pray. For the prophetic purpose for us to have understanding, I am reminded of the endless words that have been released over this house about the governance and the authority of a 120-mile radius. I had a shaking word given to me just the other night at a regional gathering. And I, I would ask if you would engage with me in prayer tonight. Can we do that? Can we do that tonight? Can we pray together? There has to be an understanding that there's, there's different anointings. If, if I'm going into a church, I was at a church and the Lord says there's tremendous warfare. There's witchcraft against this pastor and he's going to die if this witchcraft is not broken. If I would have went in there with a soaking message or I need more message, that pastor told me, he said, Dan, I would have died. The Lord said, I want you to go in there and I want you to do war against this principality over this region. And on Saturday night, that pastor was delivered. He fell back into the seat and all the internal bleeding stopped. His legs were restored back to him. We have to understand there's different anointings and I know that some of us have come on Wednesday nights to, to soak and to receive, but really the purpose of why everything shifted for this house was to go into a regional mandate. I have found as an intercessor, the greatest time of filling is not asking God for more, but it's actually fulfilling what's on his heart. And when you step into that place and say, Lord, I will give you my mouth, I will position myself between the living and the dead. I will give myself as an Ezekiel. I will give myself as a John Knox. I will give myself in prayer for your purposes to be fulfilled. The greatest place of your personal fulfillment is always operating and doing what God's requiring of you in the moment. Can we stand to our feet? Several months ago, this church transitioned out of a Wednesday night service that had been doing for, for quite a while because the Lord put on Pastor Mike's heart and it was this building up where there was a demand being placed upon the rock to step into its authority. Yes. Since 2019, the words kept coming, kept coming. Prayer, regional mandate, governance, 
and anointing over our root structure. I'm saying this for the one purpose. There's now a gathering in this house of hundreds of pastors and leaders that are crying out in this house, crying out for revival all over Colorado. So there is an anointing here for us to pray. Amen? Can we lend ourselves to the Lord tonight? Can we? Can you respond to me? Can we lend ourselves to the Lord tonight? In just a moment, we're going to go back in. There's no greater prayer of an intercessor as Lord send your glory. There's nothing greater. Because when it comes into your home and when it comes into our city and when it, it changes our state, everything in the glory is transformed. It's where the kingdom comes. Last Thursday night, I'm sorry, last Friday night, in a regional meeting, the Lord began to engage with me on something that I have been pondering for several months. And he said to me in this meeting, he said, I'm the God of Jacob. And I remember a message that he had given to me months earlier about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how profound that Jacob was included in this, I'm the God of Abraham, we could totally see that, and I'm the, I'm the God of Jacob, I'm the God of Isaac. And I began to ponder that, well, Lord, I know you're the God of Jacob. And he says, I'm the God of Abraham because he was righteous and he obeyed me before he understood and he was my friend. And I'm the God of Isaac because he was so jealous for the wells that his father dug in a land. He stood and he contended when the enemy so desperately wanted to fill these wells in Shechem where his father paid a price for because wells represented dominion as they do in the spirit even now. We are called to redig wells. I talked to a pastor the other day. He said, Dan, I cannot get wells off of me. Something is about to happen in Colorado Springs. I feel this, in, he, he said, am I weird? He goes, I feel this insatiable zeal to find the wells in Colorado Springs where past revivals and to stand and to see them redug. I said, no, that's in the spirit. That's, that's the anointing of an intercessor. He said, Dan, I feel like our entire city is about to be shaken under the glory. But the profound part, God said, I said, well, Lord, Jacob, he said, it was the moment that Jacob, I became his God when he came to the end of himself. And he pushed his family across the Jabbok, which means the place of brokenness and death. And he went back over and he began to contend and wrestle with God. Not in rebellion, but out of absolute desperation. I have to have your touch on my life. I have to have the anointing of my grandfather. I have to have the anointing of my father. I need to know you. And they wrestled together. And I was pondering this, and here's what the Lord said. He said, Colorado is wrestling with me right now. She's wrestling with me. The state is in a, is, is in a, in a Joel 3, 14 moment or 16 where it says, for many multitudes are in the valley of decision. The valley of decision. And I'm telling you, the church has, listen to me, just hear me with the right ears. We've gotten so good at soaking, so good at receiving. We've grown fat like well-fed fed, uh, calves in stalls. And God says, I'm about to release those well-fed fed calves out of these stalls. I need you to move out. And the way we do, we begin to take on his heart and we begin to pray. And the Lord spoke to me today. I want you to look up a past revival that happened in Colorado in 1910. It's just several sentences long. It only lasted for one month. 
But they said in the one month, this word in here, it says that Denver became revival wild. It said that everything, it, all the homes began to, let me just read it to you. A city where men were only concerned about everything except for the one thing that was needful for salvation. Sin was called to halt and onward and downward march into a command for the trumpet of God's mighty son of thunder, Reverend T.L. Scott, who with the gospel, he set in motion an old-time revival machinery which mowed men and women down like grass. Denver began to vibrate as it were shaken by an earthquake. Confusion took, pres uh, took, pre um, took presentation of the place of sin and vice. Homes where Satan had reigned supreme were turned toward God and his church. You know, I'm going to tell you something right now. You know what I feel? I feel a pushback in the spirit. I like that. Because we're going to deal with Christians that we're going to realize I have... We don't have a whole lot of time left. I saw a vision on Easter Sunday morning that has shooken me for the next two weeks. It has severely bothered me. In this room, there was a religious spirit that rose up on a bunch of newcomers that came. They had no hunger for God. They began to get offended at the length of the service. And I, I can't stand religious spirits. I asked God a year ago, I said, Lord, I need an anointing of a staying ability to get into your presence. I feel like I've lost a little bit of my hunger. And I need to be able to travail in your presence for hours at a time. Would you grace me again for the ability to be in your glory for three, four, five, six, seven hours? Because I had lost some of that. And people came in and you could feel the conflict in the spirit. And it made me mad because I started messing with my friend. And all of a sudden, I had a vision. It was like a 1920s vision of massive pressure coming upon this nation and upon this state. And the Lord says, the people right now that do not have a desire for my presence, there's coming a crushing of the flesh. And these people will run to the house of God so desperate for my presence, and they will not be able to get enough. He said, cry out for my glory to come. I'm about to shake everything and I saw what Heidi Baker saw our nation shaking back and forth under this weight because the word says for I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken and I'm saying Lord shake it in my life go deep in me for one thing for them to come to the desire of the nations and the reason why the pushback tonight because the enemy does not want us engaged in a regional mandate of crying out over Colorado. I do not know of another church in this state, and I've been to a lot of them, who are praying on Wednesday nights and crying out for a revival in their state. I don't know of another church doing it. And so we must press in tonight. Amen? So, Lord, we come before you. Would you just lift your hands? I feel the greatest thing that this worship team was singing tonight. Lord, send your glory. Father, we stand tonight between the living and the dead. Lord, we ask you, O oh God, to shake our state with your glory. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you are going to drive even out of us, Lord. We say, God, come and judge our hearts. Start with us. 
Let the burning begin in our bosoms, Lord, in our bellies, oh God. Let the burning start in us. God, as the wind of the Spirit blows over the church, driving out the compromise. Father, we declare that Colorado is wrestling with you, and you will prevail over this state. We declare, God, even as you touch Jacob in the place of strength, touch Colorado so that she will walk differently again. Lord, we declare over our state, let it be caught up in revival. Let it be caught up in revival in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare, God, what happened in 1910 in Colorado. God, it is time again. And Father, we declare a move is not going to last for a month, God. Let it tarry. Let it continue, God. Teach us how to get into your presence. Come on, embrace that pushback. The enemy does not want the intercessor tonight. So Lord, we stand and we intercede with tears, God. God, have mercy upon Colorado. Have mercy upon America. God, have mercy. Even, God, as there's a great awakening in the nations of the earth and sparks of it happening in America, Lord, let it catch, catch like a wildfire all across our state and all across this nation. I've had this thought for several months until the other day. It seems like things are pressing towards this direction. And I told Jenny, I said, I said we're at a crossroads. Either we're going to go this way where everything is going to come unraveled or we're going to have a move of God. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, you have thought that a move of God will be a, 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 an answer for the chaos. He said, a move of God is going to go side by side with chaos. For the nations of the earth are about to be so radically shaken. And he said this to me, America for the most part went untouched by COVID. The other nations didn't. I've heard of pastors drug out of their churches in South Africa and beaten with clubs and some of them died. Because they would refuse to close their doors. But America for the most part, with the exception of a couple cities, went untouched. And the Lord said this to me, man, I, have, I don't roll in this realm. I'm not a doomsday guy. But I tell you, there is a, a sobriety that's getting on me that we're about to have the greatest outpouring of the Spirit like we have never seen before. And we're about to see some of our neighbors, some of our friends, and some of the religious folk so shaken. It's time for the church to rise and shine. Listen, the Bible says when deep, gross darkness comes upon the face of the earth, the glory of the Lord will rise upon you and I. It is the time for you and I to come into our place, to come into our anointing, to come into our position and pray and press into God and ask God for a baptism of fire upon your soul. So let's lift our hands. We stand back into that place. We're just going to keep going tonight. We stand back into that place tonight and we intercede. God, we ask you for mercy on Governor Polis. We ask you for mercy over this new death legislation of killing our babies. Father, we ask you for mercy. Lord, even as the legislation was released, Lord, release a greater outpouring of revival. Lord, you are the answer. Let the spirit of life come upon this nation and come upon this state in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare fire into every church and into every denomination in 19 
1910, it said that every denomination in Denver responded to the, every denomination in, in Denver responded to the, to the revival. And so, Father, we bless Douglas County. Father, let a holy torch set upon this church. Father, that you would catch Douglas County up in your glory, that you would catch Denver County up in your glory, that you would touch catch, catch Colorado up in your glory. Father, we ask you again for backslidden pastors that even tonight, God, give them an encounter with you, that the fear of God come back upon pastors again in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Pray out of your belly. God, let the fear of the Lord come back upon pastors again in the name of Jesus. Let the fear of the Lord come back upon the church where we've lost our way, God. We've been intoxicated with the things of the world, God. We stand tonight, God, as burning ones, and we intercede over a church who's lost their way. It's the same anointing that came upon Daniel. He wasn't a man of sin, but he said, Lord, we have sinned. And he stood in that place of identificational repentance and cried out over his nation, God, have mercy. Sorry to jar you out of your soaking, but we've got to respond. We don't have much time left. And I, I keep hearing the Lord said, I'm looking for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap. And the problem, he said then, he said, but I couldn't find anybody because the church has been in receive mode for decades. We are to be on the streets, but you want to know the greatest thing of even being on the streets? Matching it with prayer and intercession because the Lord says pray that I will send laborers and he said also pray that I will give you the nations as your inheritance so Lord we pray tonight lift your hands again come on we're going to get uncomfortable to intercede for our neighbors God strike our neighborhoods God strike Douglas County Lord strike Castle Rock God we're not going to stop until there's a revival fire across the state Whoever you want to raise up, whatever voice you have to raise up, we're not stopping praying until it is done, until our state is caught up in revival. Lord, we take a stand again. You did it in 1910. We are overdue, Lord. We say now is the time for prayer. We stand in the gap, God. We intercede, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Every church, every denomination tonight, in Jesus' name, encounter them. Father, we declare that you will have mercy upon those that even came and filled churches on Easter Sunday and didn't have much need for you. Father, we declare the day of the Lord is at hand. The day of the Lord is at hand. The spirit of awakening in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands as the worship team begins to sing. Lord, send your glory, show us your glory. Let the nations be wakened. Let them come before the Lord. Let them sit before the judge of all the surrounding nations. For the Lord says, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe, for there is a multitude's multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision verse 30 it says for I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth ever since 2017 there have been more signs in the heavens than we've had for generations since 2017 there has been signs in the sky that's what the Lord says look up when these things begin to happen look up it's the spirit of prophecy for us to be awakened, to come out of our lulledness, out of our dullness, out of our lethargy, and out of our apathy. God, the, 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 there's all across our nation where the, the sun was darkened from coast to coast. Signs in the heavens. 
It's being displayed to us right now. The Lord is saying to his remnant church, church, lift up your eyes for your redemption draweth nigh. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth for there will be blood and fire and pillars of smoke for the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. We had several blood moons strategically on Jewish holidays. Absolutely profound moments before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, lift your hands again. we got to pray. Come on. Lord, we ask you, God, stir their hearts, God, to cry out for you, Lord. Lord, even in the night seasons, Lord, visit them in dreams to the most proud those that have no need of you, so they think, Lord. Lord, in an hour, God, let their hearts be turned in their sleep in the name of Jesus. God, have mercy on America. God, you're awakening the nations of the earth. There's a desperate cry in all the nations of the earth, but yet America needs to be awakened, God. The nations are sending her missionaries into America for the first time in our history where we were sending our missionaries. Now they're coming to America crying out, Lord, have mercy on America. So, Lord, we just declare, Lord, let the blood of Jesus, the shackles, the chains, the sin, the iniquity be broken. Can a city be saved in a day? God, have mercy on this nation. God, have mercy upon Colorado. Every pastor, every church brought into awakening. If you don't have a burden for it, ask God to give it to you. Lay your hands on your belly if you need a burden. The Lord's saying, will you carry my burden? Will you carry my burden for this nation? This nation that's turned its heart towards death. Would you have mercy, oh God? Come on, let's keep singing that. Show us the glory. Wrestle with Jacob. Wrestle with Colorado. Wrestle with this, Lord. We're desperate need of you, Lord. We stand alone in the need of prayer, God. Our state is desperate, God. We're desperate, Lord. Churches are desperate. We're desperate, God. Lord, we, we just push everything over, over that river. We come back over and we wrestle with you. We prophesy over this state. Colorado, you will wrestle with God. Colorado, you will stand in that place. We decree and declare that Colorado, you will have a name change. As Jacob was called Israel, we declare a name change over this state where the spirit of death is broken in a day and the spirit of life, the author of life, steps down upon this high place. We declare over you, Colorado, you will never be the same again. One encounter with Jesus, one wrestle with God, you will never be the same again. Father, let our state be caught up in the glory. Let it be caught up in the glory. Let the iniquity be broken in a day, God, in Jesus' name. Where those that have been proud, proud and prideful and have need of nothing, God, they will turn to you in mass in the name of Jesus. Lord, have mercy upon this state. Have mercy. The day of visitation upon Colorado. As you had mercy upon Jacob. In that moment, you released him of his iniquity. In that moment, and you gave him a new name, and you said, I will be the God of Jacob. Yeah. We declare you are the God of Colorado. You're the God of this state. You're the God of America. Whew. The God of America. We speak to the wells of this nation that have been filled over 
by our adversary. We speak to those wells to spring up, to spring forth. In Jesus' name, Lord, catch up our nation in the glory in the name of Jesus. Do you want to know? I, I went back and I began to study the prayers of the great revivals. Do you know that they, they didn't, they were praying, they were saying, Lord, they were saying this, Lord, shake our cities. They were praying, Lord, send your glory. They were praying, Lord, let your fire come. God, they were praying this. I was studying all these prayers. Lord, how, do we, how are we to pray? What do we say? So I went back and began to read about how they would pray. And it would start out, Lord, forgive us of our great iniquity. They would stand as an intercessor in that place and say, Lord, have mercy. And then it would begin to turn, Lord, shake our churches, shake denominations. Lord, send your fire, send your glory. Evan Roberts, all he could pray for months was, Lord, give us souls. Souls. Because God showed him, Evan, can I bring in 100,000 souls in weeks? We're to shift. We lift up great prayers tonight, Lord. Shake Colorado. Are you praying in faith? I feel faith on me. I feel like as we're praying, it's like a sledgehammer. It's that Isaiah 41 anointing. I will turn you into a threshing sledge, and you will thresh the mountain to waste. I feel faith in me. Who feels faith? Amen. Raise your hand if you feel faith. I, I'm telling you, man, I'm not here to waste my time. I'm here because God said to gather in prayer. And I have great faith that what we're doing right now is working. That's why there was a pushback in the spirit. Who, who felt that pushback earlier? Yeah, because devils don't want us engaged. They want us in nonstop receive mode. More for me, Lord. More, more, more. I want to soak. I want to be lost in you. And I don't care if anything happens to my city. I just got to have more. There's no pressure in that prayer because there's pressure when you stand as an intercessor and you begin to take authority. It's the power of prayer. Do you believe there's power in prayer? So, Father, we thank you. Lord, send your glory. Send your glory. A few, about, a month, about a month ago, Marcus came over to me and hit me on my knee over here. He says, we just feel so strong to pray for the glory. And the glory hit me, boom. And I felt it blowing through here and going throughout our state. We're in the moment where God is saying, stand between the living and the dead and ask me to send my glory. Lift your hands up. It takes one person to catch fire. And the rest is history. One person. So Lord, here we are. Lightning rods. Send your glory. We stand at this strategic location in the heart of Douglas County. It was given governors over 120 mile radius. And we prophesy over Colorado you will be saved. And Colorado, you will drip with new honey. And the glory of the Lord shall be upon this people and upon this state in the name of Jesus. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine. And the hills shall flow with milk. And all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. And the fountains shall flow from the house of the Lord. 
Father, we declare the fountains of the deep to begin to break forth, and we declare the river of God flowing out of your houses, out of your temple, to flow into this state. We prophesy over Colorado, be saturated in the glory of the Lord. You shall not be hard any longer. We command the foul ground to be broken up in the name of Jesus. We declare the hard places to be broken up in the name of Jesus. We speak to the high places to be brought low and the low places to be brought up. We declare every crooked place will be made straight for the glory of the Lord is a being revealed to all men. Come on, let's go. Keep going. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm feeling joy coming on me. I feel the joy of the Lord on me. That's how you know you hit something when joy gets on you. That's the reward for the intercessor when joy comes. So, Lord, we set ourselves. We set ourselves on this wall, and we prophesy day and night. Lord, send your glory. So I got this last Wednesday, actually, and um, I'm just going to read it. But if you, uh, this, we're getting a breakthrough, but this is going to kind of take us back a few steps into repentance, um, both for the church, but for individually as, as well. And this just kind of came on me and I just started, you know, typing or texting or whatever I do. Actually, I do voice diction and then I fix it. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about David playing the harp for Saul, being a picture of much of the American church, just wanting enough of God's presence to get a reprieve from the demons hanging on them just wanting some comfort for a little while, but not wanting to actually be delivered and set free and have God's presence for themselves. Forgive us, Lord. Reminds me of the Israelites wanting to hear from God from a distance, but unwilling to know him themselves and to be close to him themselves. You go to talk to God, Moses, and come back and tell us what he says. We just want enough of God to have the benefits, but not so much of God to cost us anything. Forgive us, God. We just want to go to church like a nice little part of our lives, kind of like a hobby, not take up too much time or energy, but just enough to give us a reprieve, a break from the heaviness and trials we live in. Hold off the demons for a little bit, listen to the harp, and enjoy God's presence for just a little while. But then we want to just leave and do what we want to do and live our lives the way we want to live until we come back the next time we want a little reprieve again. Forgive us, Lord. We want God on our terms. We don't want, to take, we don't want him to take too much of our time and energy. We want to come when we're up to it, but not when it's an inconvenience for us, not when we're busy. We're not willing to be put out or inconvenienced. Forgive us, Lord. We're such Americans looking for the deal, trying to get the benefits without it costing us too much. We think we don't have need of him, but we are naked and hungry and desperate. Mm. Forgive us, Lord. Change us, Lord. The Lord has the words of life, and he is our only hope. Papa, we just uh, ask that you would forgive us because at least a little bit of that's in every single one of us, and a lot of it is in a lot of the church. Forgive us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on the church in Colorado and across America. Have mercy on us, God, and forgive us. 
Expose our hearts to ourselves, God, that we would see that you are a mighty and awesome God, and, and you do not deserve a people that just want you on their terms. For you are holy, and you are a lion. You're the lion of Judah. You are holy, 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 holy. God, forgive us. Have mercy on us, God. Lord, take this, what I just read, God, take all of that out of us, God, that we would come totally before you and say, you are a holy God, and we bow to you. We adjust to you. You don't adjust to us. Have mercy on us, God, and forgive us. Father, we declare that the answer for our lukewarmness is your fire, God. God, would you send your fire on our hearts, God? On the altar of our hearts, Lord, send your fire. Start with us, Lord. God, that we could be the contact point. Burning us, Lord. Father, we declare that the lukewarmness... It's over. I'm just going to prophesy over that. We declare that lukewarmness, lukewarm religion in Colorado is over. We declare a state church that burns for Jesus. God, shake everything can be shaken. Shaking everything that can be shaken. met with the pastor not long ago. He's kind of a big deal. Further north, he's got a pretty big church. And we were just talking. I said, hey, I said, man, I'm just so hungry for his presence. He goes, ah. He said, I'm just kind of, just kind of done with prophetic stuff. Just kind of, and I just started weeping, and I, I grabbed this man's arm. And I just began to weep over him. Made him feel very uncomfortable. And I said, if you lose his presence, you've lost everything. I told him, I said, just go back into engineering. Call it quits. I said, my friend, if you can't have his presence back in your house... All of this is for nothing. And I remember a mercy hit me. And I began to consider my own heart. And I left there and I heard this song. I want you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. It was the cry that came out of Lyndall Cooley before revival broke out when he recognized his heart was in desperate need of the presence of God. And I have been playing that song over and over again. Lord, I need you more. 
I need you more than the next breath that I take because we're living in a nation. The ability to fall asleep, the ability to grow cold is right at our fingertips. So we stand tonight as an intercessor. Thank you for giving yourself tonight. We're going to keep praying, but I want to tell you, thank you for allowing that confrontation to happen. There's no greater fear of the enemy for you and I to stand in our position of authority and prophesy over a valley of dry bones. There's no greater authority for the house of God. Dutch Sheets said this, if you don't pray as a church, then don't call yourself a church. Because all you are is a social club. My church shall be called a house of prayer. And tonight, what's happening in the spirit of standing here and giving ourselves to the Lord. Lord, send your glory. Baptize us in fire again. The Lord is about to answer by fire. I saw it on Easter Sunday morning. I wanted to run out of here because I was so agitated. And the Lord says, don't you ever do that again. He rebuked me. As Tracy came up here and he threw himself on the altar and began to intercede. And the Lord says, don't you ever do that again. You stand in that altar and you prophesy. I don't care how dead, how dry, how weary. You prophesy. Because I'm going to release life. The day of the Lord is at hand. And we prophesy life. Would you just, if you're sitting or if you're standing, would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to say this, I need you more. I need you more than yesterday. I need you more. Has anybody other than myself ever searched for a really good definition of prayer that you could understand? I've looked for years. Monday, I got one. I'm going to share it, and then I'm going to pray it over us. Prayer is, in essence, rebellion. Rebellion against the world and its fallenness. The absolute and undying refusal to accept as normal what is pervasively abnormal. Prayer is the refusal of every agenda every scheme, every interpretation that is at odds with the norm as originally established by God. When we pray, we're kicking back against the world system around us. If you've got a rebel's heart, here's a place for it to go. Align with God and fight back against this world system around us. Father, we refuse to accept the world around us in its fallen state. We refuse to accept that it's okay for people to perish without knowing you. We refuse to accept that babies can be murdered in the womb, the very place where the incarnation took place. That's not okay. We refuse to accept the things that are established by our government that says we are more important than God we are stronger than God. We can rule. We don't even know who he is. We don't need him. We're in charge here. Father, we stand against all those things. 
with an undying refusal to accept as normal what is pervasively abnormal and outside of your will, Father. We refuse every agenda. We refuse every scheme. We refuse every interpretation of life that is at odds with your authority and the way that you establish things. Father, we're in the fight. And we are committing to fight back against this world system. For light has come into the darkness. And men love the darkness rather than the light because it exposes that their deeds are evil. But Father, in this place we run to the light so that it may be seen that our works come from you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Can address one thing here, and then we'll just. I want to. I want to go back into prayer at the end. We've got about ten more minutes, and uh, I'm going to give you the short version, so you just have to go back and read it. But Second Chronicles six, and Marcus was just. You were you were singing a song. What were you singing? About the glory of the Lord coming in the temple earlier. Yeah. No, we were just kind of going spontaneously. Oh, was that spontaneous? Okay. Well, basically, you were singing Second Chronicles 7. Praise God. Uh, but the uh, Lord just had me this in this, in, and it ties into this place of forgiveness uh, or this repentance that the Lord would forgive us. But in Second Chronicles 6, there's a, there's a dedication, a, a prayer dedication that Solomon does as, as the temple is, or as, I'm sorry, as the ark is being brought back or brought into the temple. This is the, the Spirit of God being brought into the, into the temple. And over and over again throughout this prayer, and I would encourage you, just go back and read Second Chronicles 6. I feel like it's so important as we're pressing in and as we're praying there is a, there's a place of humility that we have to stand in. We, there's no pride in our life. Here's what has happened in so many revivals. Is that pride actually got in the way? Prayers, prayer is powerful until pride gets in the way. And God will not listen to those that are prideful. He will actually resist the proud. And so as we're praying and as we're saying, this will be a house of prayer, it's so critically important that we examine ourselves and the position of our heart. And that, that humility is a, is, is a position that exalts God in all that we do. It is not a weakness. It is actually a strength. And there is a power. There is a grace that we walk in. He gives grace to the humble. But what does he do to the proud? He resists them. What does pride do? It divides people. It causes, it causes division because I, my way is better than your way. And, and he calls us to actually humble ourselves 
and to, to set others above ourselves, that we would honor others above ourselves. And I feel there's even that's in the church and outside of the church, I would say for those that don't know him, like we don't judge them. What we do is we actually, we come and we, we intercede on their behalf. We intercede for them. But as you go through said Chronicles 6, there's, it's a place of it's repentance. And Sol, Solomon is repenting for the ways that they've acted. Uh, I'll read one part here in verse 24. It says, when the people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back and they confess your name and they pray and they make supplication before you in the temple, then hear from heaven, forgive their sin, the sins of the people of Israel, and bring them back to the land that you gave to them and to their fathers. And so he does these, these prayers, and right at the end he says this, and now, my God, may your eyes be open and may your ears be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. He says, now arise, O Lord God, and come to your resting place. You and the ark of your might, which is the Holy Spirit, may your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and may your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. And it was at this point when it says, when he finished praying, fire came down from heaven. And it consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord, it said, filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. There is a place of humility that he's calling us to as we're coming into this place of prayer. We must humble ourselves before the Lord. We must submit to his ways. His ways are not our ways. They are higher than our ways. And then... I'm going to just skip down, and the Lord says this. He responds to the prayer from chapter 6, and he says, If my people who are called by my name, and I know you've heard this a million times, but listen to it again. If my people who are called by my name, they're, we're being called as, the, as his holy ones, as righteous ones, and he says, if you will do this, first thing he says, if you will humble yourselves. This is the position that the church needs to walk in. There is a humility that he's calling us into. If you will humble yourselves. Second thing, because humility comes first. <laughs> if you will pray, we need to pray. <laughs> there, what, what was just happening here is so critically important. We need to intercede. We need to pray. We need to contend. But it's from a position of knowing his heart. We've got to be careful that we're not just praying our own thoughts or our own ways, our own things, or asking God to do things that we think need to be done. God, take care of them. Do this. Do that. <laughs> the place of humility brings us to a place of unity with the Father that we know His heart, and then we begin to pray His heart. So critically important. If you do this, and it says, and if you seek my face, that is not a light thing. This is, this is, we're on our faces before him. We're seeking the heart of God. If he says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. This is what he's looking for. He's looking for a people that are humble, 
that are praying, that are coming before the Lord, that are seeking his face, and then they are turning. It says they are turning from their wicked ways. And I feel like a lot of the church is like, well, my ways aren't wicked. I mean, they might not be great, but they're not wicked. <laughs> I will say any way that is not of the Lord is a wicked way. Wicked is not, sometimes we, have a, we use our own definition of wicked. Wicked is not operating in a place of faith. It says if you not, do not operate in faith, then you are in sin. So there is, we're, we're to walk by faith, we're to live by faith, we're to live in alignment with the Father's heart. And when we do these things, and, and that place is, I would say that when we turn from our wicked ways, that is that place of repentance. That's what just Sharon was just talking about. So we're going to turn from our ways, turn from those ways, and, it, and that is repentance. Repentance is not saying, I'm sorry, and then walking in the same direction. Repentance is going, I'm sorry, Lord, and turning from your ways, and then walking in the Lord's way, learning his way out of a place of repentance. Then it says this, then I will hear from heaven. So do we want the Lord to hear our prayers? A few of us do. That's good. <laughs> I know you do. When we do those things, he will hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins, and he will heal the land. And then he says, now my eyes are open, and my, and my ears are attentive to the prayers offered in this place. It goes on. I could go on and on. I'm not going to do it. Um, it's so good. Read it. Read, read seven as well. I just in, I encourage you to read those. Um, James 4 talks about this place of, of humble your, humbling yourself and, and how when you humble yourself, he actually lifts you up. In the place, humility is so key. And it's just, it's on my heart right now. I feel like it's so important that we, that we walk humbly with our God. We walk so humbly with him. And then, and then when we cry out, as we're crying out here, he hears these prayers. We're not wasting our time. I like what Dan said. He's like, I don't want to waste my time up here. I don't, I don't want to waste my time praying if it's not in a place of alignment and in humility with the Father. I want my prayers to be effective. I want the Lord to see. I want him to hear. And I want him to move. Why? Because I'm actually praying his heart. I'm, I'm calling heaven down to earth. So... And then the other thing I just felt, I'm just going to, as, as Dan was in Joel 3, back in Joel 2, it says this, it says, blow a trumpet in Zion and declare a holy fast. When there's fasting, every time there's fasting, there's prayer. So you can pretty much tie the two together. So that fast, there's prayer. He says, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly. This is that place of, of humbling yourself, setting yourself apart. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the, the bridegroom leave the room and the bride her chamber. And then it says, and let the priests, and this is what I was feeling the Lord was saying even tonight as we were just, as we were just contending. And as we close, I want to just contend for just a moment more. It says, let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. 
And it's just tying this back to, we see this when, when Aaron comes and there is a, there's a plague and people are dying. And what happens is, is Moses says to Aaron, he's like, <laughs> grab the incense, go and it says, and stand between the living and the dead. And he goes and he grabs the incense that is being, it says, and Aaron offered the incense and made atonement for them. And he stood between the living and the dead and the plague stopped. I feel like as we're contending and as we're praying, what we're actually doing is we're coming between the porch and the altar. We're coming, we're coming between the living and the dead and we're contending right now for the lives of those who don't know Jesus. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of, of some of the Koreans here, and, and there's, a, there's a revival conference coming up in July uh, called the Billion Soul Harvest, and we're contending, and they've been contending, and we're contending for the Billion Soul Harvest. We want to be those that come between the living and the dead, and in this time, I, I feel like if our, if our prayers are going to be effective, if we want the Lord to hear what we're doing, we need to humble ourselves. We need to turn from our ways. We need to pray. We need to seek his face. We need, these are things, it's like, let's do these things. And that humbling is so critically important. I want my words to be heard. I want him to be attentive to my prayers. I want to see this billion soul harvest. I want to see millions in, in, in this area, come into the kingdom. I want to be a part of this, and I want to see it in our time. I feel like the, the time is now, and the Lord's like, okay, are you ready? I'm raising up an army to do this. And so this is our time. We're, we, can't get, we can't get lazy in this time. We can't get just like kind of lulled back to sleep. It was no coincidence that COVID-19 was a shakeup for the church. It was, a, it was an awakening, but what's happened and what's happening, I feel, is it's almost like it's like it's slowed down and we're kind of like, oh, everything's okay now, and we're getting lulled back to sleep, and I was with, I was with Sean Foyt earlier today at a, at a meeting, and this guy's on, you know, you know who Sean Foyt is? Um, we will worship, like, he's, guy's on fire, and and I love what he was saying. He was just, he saw the church, like, just kind of get, like, shrink back in the midst of when COVID hit, that, that all of a sudden they were like, well, we're just going to comply, and we're just going to shut our doors, and we're just going to stay, you know, do what they say, and hopefully we'll get to open at some point. And he's like, what are we doing like this guy, this is a guy that's been in in, in places where the uh, where you can't have church all over the world. Where uh, where I mean, you have church, you, they'll they'll take your life or they'll take your job or they'll, <laughs> and, and so that's the underground church. And and they were they were texting him and saying, "What are you going to do?" Like as California was getting shut down, are are you going to do anything about this? Are you going to do anything in this time? And he's like, "I don't I don't know I don't know," and then finally he's like. Yeah, we're going to just go out and start to worship. <laughs> and, and I think this is just our time. Do not get lulled to sleep. We're about to experience another shaking. But let's not get lulled to sleep. Let's, let's be alert in this time. Because there is an enemy who's prowling around. And I think sometimes he'll roar to scare you. 
And sometimes maybe he'll just kind of sing a little lullaby and put you right to sleep. <laughs> then we're like, oh, we're good. So let's stand up as we close here. And I just, let's just, I feel like we just need to, in a sense, first thing, maybe it's just that we're praying this this morning. We're seeing, there's so many times in the Psalms where David says, wake up, oh soul. <laughs> wake up, soul. Like, bless the Lord, soul. He, he speaks to the soul. I think we just have to sometimes prophesy to ourselves, like, hey, wake up. <laughs> like, align. Like, repent. Like, humble yourself. Like, come on, get into this place so that we can actually engage in this season and walk in power and be effective. Like it talks about in James, let's be effective with our prayers. Just like, like Elisha, Elijah, Elijah, where he, he prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years and he prayed again and it rained. Like, that's a powerful prayer. So put your hand on your heart. And just prophesy to yourself. Just say, wake up, O soul. Wake up, O soul. We want to bless you, Lord. Lord, we ask you for forgiveness for the ways that we have lived. Lord, we say, help us to humble ourselves in this time. Lord, that this would be a time, this would be a season where we, you would lift us up. You would give grace to the humble, Lord, so that we can walk fully in your ways. Lord, I pray that you would be attentive to our prayers in these times. And Father, I ask right now for every person that we would be a light in the darkness, that we would not shrink back in these times, but we would be your righteous ones. Lord, I pray for a boldness right now for every person. Lord, I pray that we would have a voice in this time, that we would declare the mercies and the goodness and the glory of God. We say, let your glory be seen in this place. Let your glory come. Lord, we pray for those that don't know you. We pray for those that are around us. Lord, give us your heart that we would weep, that we would cry, that we would cry out for those that don't know you in this season. Lord, we pray for that billion soul harvest. Lord, we say, Lord, this is your desire. Lord, give us your desire. Give us your heart for this. Lord, that we would contend for this. Lord, that we would cry out for this. Lord, we say, this is the time. We're, we are alive for such a time as this. Lord, this, there is a third great awakening that is here, that is... It is actually here. It's not coming. We are in it. This is the beginning of it. We're in it. We've already begun to experience it. But I pray that this would not be a time where the enemy is allowed to, to lull us back to sleep. Lord, I pray that we would awaken in this time. Father, that we would be your priests, that we would be your kings and your priests, that we would go out, we would take territory. Lord, that we would cry out. Lord, that we would be those like Aaron that took the incense and that, that came between the living and the dead. Lord, that this would be the time where we would see the harvest. Lord, I, I thank you for the, for the labors. It says the labors are few. Lord, awaken your church that there would be labors in this time. Lord, awaken the labors. Lord, I, the, somebody said it. I can't remember who. We were praying, I think, in the 400 call or something. And that it's the Lord, the Lord is actually, he's pouring out his spirit. There is a renewal of the Holy Spirit, but the revival is us waking up and stepping into position and stepping into place and beginning to operate in the way we're to operate. So, Father, I thank you that you are waking up your church. 
I thank you that this is not just a Wednesday night prayer service, but this is a prayer continuum that begins, it's, it starts right here, and Lord, it continues, that we go day and night. It's 24 hours a day. It's seven days a week, Lord, that we're crying out to you. Lord, stir our hearts and awaken us, awaken our souls in this time. Lord, I thank you for times of worship that is warfare. Lord, that as we worship you, it's a position of warfare, that we come into alignment with you. I like what Steve said about prayer. It's, it's, a, it's a rebellion against the things of this world. Lord, we cannot love the things of this world. Yeah, let me just end with this. In James 4, it says this. I'm not calling you guys this, so, <laughs> but I feel like this is important for us to hear. It says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? When we pray, we're contending for things that are not, it's not a friendship with this world. We don't align with the things of this world. I don't believe we're an adulterous people, but I, I, James was seeing it. There was, a, there was a, something stirring up on the inside of him. So, Lord, I thank you that, that we will not be an adulterous people, that we will not be those that, that have friendship with this world, that there's nothing in this world that would satisfy us or draw our attention or, or pull us to that place where, where it takes us out of alignment with the plans and the purposes you have for us in this season. You created each one of us for such a time as this to be your warriors for the kingdom. So, Lord, I, I thank you that in friendship with the world, it just, it lulls us to sleep. It pulls us out of alignment. So, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that you are, that we are contending for the things of heaven to bring those things to earth. You said, it says right after, it says, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So, Lord, I thank you that we will not be enemies of God but that we will be a friend of God, that we will, we will obey, we will align, we will position our hearts, and we say, yes, Lord, I thank you for that when we pray, you will hear our prayers, you will be attentive to the prayers, and that we will see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then right after that is when it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It is that grace, grace, that brings down the mountains. Oh, mighty mountains, what are you? You were going to be level before Zerubbabel. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for your grace as we humble ourselves. It is your grace that begins to move, and we see mountains leveled. We see, we see mountains moved into the sea. And then it says this, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. But it starts with, submit yourself to God. Humble yourself before him. Then resist the devil, and he has to flee. So, Father, I thank you for a people that you are raising up. I thank you for the awakening of your church. I thank you that our voices are powerful, but it's in the humility, it's in the alignment with you. Humble us. May our hearts be so tender before you.
that we would know your ways and we would walk fully in them. I just bless every person in this place. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're bringing us into. I thank you that as we walk from this place, as we leave from this place, that we would realize that we are a light in a dark place. May we shine brightly. May we hold out the word of life to those who don't know you. In Jesus' name, amen.